Amen. Aren't you glad you're here this morning? And uh, God is good? And all the time? And we have some special guests with us today. We've had an opportunity this uh, summer to bring uh, 20 of our friends uh, from China over here to get a cultural experience. And part of that culture experience is they're here with us to church. Can we give them a hand and welcome them for being here with us today? So we have uh, uh, 20 of our friends from China, and uh, many of you are hosting them in your home. And so I want to say thank you to all of you who are uh, investing in them this week and appreciate them. I know uh, they've had a long journey to get here last night, and uh, so appreciate them being here with us. We had a great week of Bible school, and uh, before I get kind of going over this recap of our Bible school and the theme of what we talked about, I just want to take a moment uh, for us as a church to thank Allison for all the work that she put into that. Can we give her a hand? Appreciate her. And uh, as, as she clearly stated, you know, we as a church, our goal is we understand Scripture that before there was ever a church, before there was ever government, the first ordained institution God created was the family. And, and so the role of the family is to be the primary discipler of their children. And so that's our goal as a church, is to equip, to enable, and to come alongside of you as a family to teach your kids to know and follow Jesus and to make disciples who make disciples. And so I appreciate both Allison and Carlos who are helping us do that and appreciate all of our volunteers. Man, I was blown away. I know Allison already said this, but I just want to double down on that. Thank you all of you who, who rushed from work, uh, ate dinner in the car on the way, or maybe afterwards when you got home. Uh, uh, someone was telling me they had a flat tire on the way to, to work that morning, somehow ended up here again on time, and then went and ate dinner afterwards, and then went and changed their tire and got home late that night. I said, you are a better man than me, because I would have been out. But man, I appreciate all of you and your work, and appreciate investing in students. There is uh, really no greater calling for us than to teach our children to know and follow Jesus. That's, that's the, the picture. Remember when the disciples told Jesus, oh, the little kids want to get close to you. And what did Jesus say? Bring them on. Bring them on. Because unless we humble ourselves like a child, we will never see the kingdom. And so thank you for all of you who invested in this week. And as you can see on the screen, this was uh, really the theme was, or was in the wild. And this was really what we focused on. Zoom in. Focus in on Jesus. And so as you can see, we have the stage decorated uh, somewhat like it was uh, for Bible school. And so we want to just take a moment to zoom in and focus on Jesus, just like we did all week at Bible school. So kids, I know you're in here, and uh, you guys have done great all week. And so we're going we're gonna to ask some questions. Kids, can you say hello real quick on the count of three? Say hello. One, two, three. Okay, just to make sure you're paying attention. Can you say it louder than that? One, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sonny, I know you're ready, but hold on a second. Re <laughs> Preacher knows everything, Sonny, all right? Just like your mom has eyes in the back of her head, right? All right, hello on the count of three, kids. One, two, three. Awesome. That's much better. Okay, so here's the questions. We're gonna we we're gonna your parents probably don't know the answers, 
but you've been here all week. You know the answers. We're going to do these true and false questions, okay? So you're going to just answer out at the end like we did all week. You scared the poor kid in here, guys. Uh, true or false? True or false? Jesus was hiding from his mom and dad in the temple. Oh, you can say it louder than that. False. That's right. He was not hiding in the temple. But it would. Church is kind of a cool place to hide, play hide and seek, isn't it? We won't talk. We won't talk about that. Next one. True or false? When Jesus was baptized by John, a giant eagle came flying down. You guys are like thinking about that. True or false? False. Does anybody, can you just yell out the answer? What did come flying down? Oh, wow. You guys all knew it. A dove, right? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. All right. Uh, Peter began to sink. This is the next question. True or false? When he took his eyes off of Jesus. True or false? True. That's right. And remember we talked about in your Bible story time, you talked about that's why it's so important. The theme of the week or the motto was to focus in on Jesus. And sometimes in life it gets difficult. And sometimes, you know, there's storms in life. But we must keep our focus on Jesus, right? Hey, could all the kids stand up where you're at this morning? Could all the kids stand up right where you're at? Just stand up. Okay, we've been, you guys have been memorizing John 20, 31 all week. Do you guys think you could say it for the parents? Shake your head. Say yes. All right. Raise your hand, both hands. You think you can do it? Do we need, do we need to put it on the screen or do you just want to say it by memory? Oh, by memory. Oh, we got the smart kids in here today. I was kind of hoping for a cheat sheet, but, oh, I got mine right here. All right. You guys ready? Remember, we're going to say the address first. We're going to say the verse. Then we're going to say the address again, all right? Here we go. John 20, 31. But these are... The Son of God, and that by believing you may have life. John 20, 31. Very good. You guys are awesome. So, I, I, ask, I ask a couple kids if they want to come up and help me and, and say it, because they didn't get to in BBS, you know. Not, of course, not everybody gets to, but uh, here is Sonny, Drew, Adeline, and Gage. Would you four come on up here? Sonny, Drew, Adeline, and Gage. And you guys can just come. How about let's just stand right up here. Okay, and as they're coming up, we got two more questions while they're coming up, all right? So true or false questions. You can come all the way up. That's fine. True or false. Jesus is the Son of God. True or false? True. That's right. Next question. True or false. The Bible was written so that we could know that Jesus is the Son of God. True or false? True. That's right. That's exactly what the verse says, doesn't it? All right, so who wants to go first? All of you? Just not Sonny. All right, Sonny, you get to go last. I didn't hear you. No, I'm sorry, Sonny. All right, Drew, you're front and center. We're going to let you go first. All right, you ready? You're trying to look back at that screen. Did you guys see him looking at that screen? <laughs> Cheater. All right. John 20, 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John 20, 31. Very good. All right, Drew. You can either go back to your seat. You want to go back to your seat? You want to, stand, you want to take a bow or anything? No? All right. Gage, come on up here, front and center. See that camera back there? Can you wave at everybody? 
Is everybody high on Facebook Live? All right. All right, here you go, Gage. John 20:31. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Very good, Gage. All right. Great job. Adeline, are you ready? What is this hopping we got going on? Is it nervous energy? No. No? I would hop, but my knee, my, I might give out and fall. You what? You do it all the time? Okay, well, I don't, you want to wave at the camera? I don't know why we're doing this, but all right, here you go, Adeline. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. John 20, 31. Very good. Give me a five. All right, thank you. All right, and Sonny, are you ready, my man? Sure. Sure, all right. You kind of got me worried right now, buddy. I don't know. we got this thing going on, I think. You've got me scared. Look at me in the eyes. Are you okay? Yes. Okay, here we go. John 20, 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John 20, 31. Very good, Sonny. Give me a five. All right. Good job. You can go back to your seat, Sonny. So Sonny, uh, he, he said that for us. I don't know why I'm still holding this. Uh, Sonny said that for us uh, earlier this week. I said, man, you sound like you're a grandpa, like you're about to preach, right? And so is there anything better than hearing kids quote memory verses? Well, let's think about the verse for a moment because it's not just a memory verse, right? There's, there's specific reason. It, th- this, this verse was written for a specific reason, for a specific pers- purpose. And what's great about this verse is that it tells us why it was written. So it says, let, let's just kind of think through this for a moment. These things are written to you. And so John the Apostle is writing this letter, the book of John. You know, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John's a little different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And he focuses, he's zooming in on who is Jesus. What's the identity of Jesus? Why do we need to know about Jesus? And specifically, he's thinking about in terms for his readers that Jesus truly is not just a good man, not just a prophet, but he is the Messiah. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that the Israelites have been looking for for all these years. It's Jesus. He's the one we've been looking for. So he zooms in on this reality, this truth, that Jesus is the Messiah. So he gets kind of close to the end of his book, the book of John, and he says, the reason I wrote this letter to you, the reason I wrote these things to you is so that you would know what? That Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing this, you may have what? Life in his name. You see how important it is for John, for us to understand what John is trying to say? How important it is for us, not even just as a five or six or seven-year-old, but for us as a... 40-year-old, that we would know that Jesus is the Messiah, that he truly is the Son of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, whether you're 5 or 45, the end of the verse is a promise to all of you that you will have life in his name. Now do you understand why 80 Men and women, young people would wear the same stinky shirt for seven days in a row. (laughs) I'm thankful for a wife who washes my shirt. 
uh, felt like I was in college again. Just put it back, you know, smell test, put it back on, see if it goes. Why, so why would 80 people sacrifice their time, vacation, drive up here? Because it's that important. Because they believe, as John said, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you believe Jesus is the Messiah? Do you believe he's the Son of God? Then the promise John says is, then you have life. You see, when we just sang that song, Jesus, Messiah. That's why it's so important to know that Jesus is Messiah. Because because when we place our faith in Jesus, we get life. And Paul talked about that. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And we want to just dig in a little more to this verse. John 20, 31. If you believe, you're going to have life. That's, that's what it's saying. That's what we focused on all week. But then John, or 1 Corinthians 15 is going to explain this even maybe a little more clearer so that we can believe, so that you may know. So here's what I want you to think about this morning. If, if maybe you don't quite understand what we're just talking about, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, if you believe you have life in his name, I don't quite get all of that. Then, then this 1 Corinthians 15 is going to kind of uh, dig in a little deeper to that. And so I want you to focus on this this morning. To think about, have I ever believed? Do I have life in Jesus' name? Do I really believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God? And if so, have I confessed that? So 1 Corinthians 15, in verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you were saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Again, he's referencing the same thing that John is referencing. These things are written to you so that you may believe. What are the things that he's, that he's speaking of? Now, John is specifically speaking of the letter he just wrote, the book of John. But we also can say this application that these things, the Bible is written so that we may believe. The, the Bible is written so that we may understand what to believe. So if you're following along in the bulletin, maybe in the Version Bible app, let me give you the blank there for number one. Okay, it's found in, in the first two verses. Number one, the gospel delivered. The gospel delivered. So Paul is writing in this letter to the church at Corinth, and he's telling them, these things that I preach to you. Now, when, when you think of preaching, typically we think of what's going on right now. You know, when I, when I was growing up, this was called the preaching service. You ever heard the preaching service? And so, uh, of course, I, I grew up calling, uh, hearing everyone else call my dad preacher, right? Or Pastor Haley. And I didn't usually call him that, but, you know, it was okay. But when we read 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is not, I don't want you to have the understanding of preacher. Because the word preaching is a lot bigger than the image of the preacher. Okay, the word preaching really just simply means proclaim, like to tell. So what Paul is saying is, I told you the gospel. I told you the gospel, which you believed, and because you believed it, 
you were saved. So let's just think about this word gospel, because you've heard that. Uh, Miss Allison shared that word a few times. That uh, Ben also shared that word, that, that the, the gospel is presented in that, verse, that, that song we sang, Admit, Believe, and Confess. That's the gospel. So what is, what is the gospel? Well, it simply means good news. How many of you like to get good news? Okay, so there's good news this morning. There is a $100 bill under one of the pews. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> so that was the bad news, right? How many of you already were already, you know, getting like, eh? Do you remember, parents, when you found out you were going to have a child? Do you remember when you looked on that sonogram? And, and what did you do? You started, you started counting like, oh, he's got all his toes and... And fingers, that's awesome. The good news. So, good news. That's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, I proclaim to you the good news, and because you believed the good news, you were saved. So, this morning, all week, the teachers in their Bible stories, the music that the kids have been singing, the memory verse that they've been memorizing, it all points to one thing, and that is the gospel or the good news. And so let's think about for a moment, if, if the good news or the gospel, if I believe it, I will be saved? Is the good news pretty important news then? If I believe the good news, if I believe the gospel, then I'll be saved. But well, maybe we should think for a moment about what saved means, right? So there's a few words that would define or synonyms, synony- I knew I was going to say that, cinnamon, right? Synonyms to saved or salvation. That is redeemed, forgiven, purchased. We'll see, we could say set free. And all of those with the understanding of forever. Which is what John was saying in John 20, 31, that if you believe, you'll have life in his name. And life there is referencing eternal life, eternally saved, eternally redeemed, eternally forgiven. Doesn't that sound like good news? That I can be forever, forgiven for everything. I can, I can be redeemed. I can be purchased. I, my relationship with God, my creator, can be restored if I will believe the good news of the gospel. So everyone wants to be saved, right? Well, Let's look at the second one. So we have the gospel delivered, and point number two there is the gospel explained. Right? So it seems to make sense that if I believe the good news, then I'll be saved by the good news. Maybe we should explain what the good news is, right? It's just not two words, good news. Let's, let's understand what good news is. And the good news is found in those next two verses. Let's read it again. Verse 3. For I deliver to you that first of all that which I also received. So again, Paul is saying, I proclaimed, I delivered to you the good news. When you believed the good news, you were saved by the good news, which means eternal life, redeemed, purchased, forgiven. So let's understand what it is. Here's what he delivered. Here's the message. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, and then it gets really good, right? that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That goes beyond good news, right? That's great news. 
So the good news is very simple, that Jesus came to the earth, that he was placed on a cross, he died willingly because he loves you, because he wanted you to have salvation. He wanted you to be saved. He wanted you to hear the gospel. And he hung on the cross. He paid that sin debt for you. Is that awesome news? It goes way beyond good news. That Christ died, they placed him in the tomb, and three days later, what happened? He came back to life. Kids, here's one of those true or false questions. True or false, was Mary the first one to come to the tomb and see it empty? True or false? True. Can you imagine what she thought when she came to the tomb and saw it empty? Because he lives. Do you remember the old song? Because he lives, I can what? I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone I love because he lives guess what I'll live that's that's the good news that's the gospel because Jesus was buried and because he had the power over death if I place my faith and confidence in the gospel then I too shall live forever. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So we have the gospel delivered. We have the gospel explained. But let's look at the third one this morning, okay? Number three, the gospel is personalized. The gospel is personalized. In other words, the gospel is for you. The gospel is for you. So, a lot of us, if we've grown up in church, we, we know this verse, Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. A few chapters later in Romans 6.23, Paul would also write that the wages of sin is death. Okay, so again, we're contrasting death and life here because we, the kids did a great job quoting for us that if we believe in his name, we can have life in his name. Now we're hearing Paul say in Romans, because of our sin, and we've all sinned, that our punishment is death. Okay, and what it's talking about there really is that death is literally meaning separation from God forever. Separated from God forever. So the wages, the punishment of my sin, of whom all of us have sinned, is death. Eternal separation from God, my creator. The rest of the verse, what does it say? But the gift of God is eternal what? Life. So if death is separation from God, what do you suppose life is? Fellowship with God. So let's think back to what John said. If you believe in his name, you will have life. Relationship with God. Do you want a relationship with God? Then what John would say is, you got to believe Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Son of God. What Paul would say is, you got to believe the gospel, that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he rose again, and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Do you believe the gospel? 
And the gospel brings life. So kids, let me explain this a little bit for you, right? So that verse says that uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So let me just kind of think for a moment what wages is, because not everybody probably understands that. Uh, one word you may understand is punishment, right? How many of you kids, raise your hand, let's be honest. How many of you have ever gotten trouble for something? Raise your hand. Okay, how about this? How many of you got in trouble for something your brother or sister did? Okay, wow. Your parents ought to do some more investigation, right? So, I, I want to show you the first picture that was ever taken of me. Are you, are you excited about this? Kids, do you want to see what my, the first picture I ever took looked like? All right, here it is. Let's see this. I knew you guys were going to do that, right? I'll, can we do it together? One, two, three. All right. I, I, I honestly confess, I don't know which one is me. Uh, my mom, is she here? My dad, they're here? I don't know. I'm on the left. Yeah, you guys are experts. Yeah, I believe you. Okay. I do think I'm on the, well, I don't know. Which one looks more beat up? That would be me. Because I had to make the way out, right? So here's, kids, here's the point. When I got in trouble as a kid, my brother, you know what he never did for me? He never took my punishment. Not willingly. He never took my punishment. You know what I think would have been really nice? Was that one day when I did that one thing and I was, anybody ever get sent to your room? Wait till your dad gets home. That's usually a good experience, but not always, right? And I, this is open confession. When I went to my room for the, those occasions, I hid all the belts. Let's just put it that way, okay? Some of you will understand why. The one little flimsy one, that's the only one that was left. Yeah, dad, I need new clothes. I, what can I say? You know what my brother never did, though? He never said, well, Mom, you know what? I, I, loved, I love John so much. I'm going to go to the room. I'm going to wait for Dad, and I'm going to take his punishment. Don't you think my brother should have done that for me? Do you think, oh, wait. Do you think I ever did that for my brother? How many of you think I did it for my brother? You are absolutely crazy. No way. I got plenty of in, in trouble things for myself. Here's, here's what I want you to understand. As much as, you know, as cute as that picture is, and as much as my brother and I love each other, and we still talk all the time, I never took his punishment, and he never took mine. But what we understand, what the good news is, is that Jesus, he took my punishment. So he died on the cross and took my punishment. Is that pretty good? Is that awesome? But John, let's go back to our verse. Let's personalize this. John 20, 31. That these things are written so that, what's the next word there? You. It's personal. 
In other words, kids, mom and dad, they can't get saved for you. And mom and dad, your kids can't get saved for you either. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, what's the next word? You may have life in his name. So here's the summarization of Bible school. Have you believed the good news of the gospel? Have you believed? I'm going to ask the band to come, and I want to close your eyes just for a moment. Just close your eyes. Don't check out, all right? We're not going to zip all our Bibles up. Just put it to the side, all right? Just stay focused for a moment. Just stay focused with your eyes closed. I want you to process this question. It's personal to you. It's a decision you have to make. You can't be good enough to get to heaven. You can't do good enough things. It's very clear from what we read in the scripture today how you can have eternal life. It's very clear from the scripture we read how you can have salvation. You must believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, that He came and died on the cross, that He was buried, He was placed in a tomb, and that three days later He came back to life to pay the punishment of your sin that you cannot pay for. Have you believed? This morning, if if you're not sure, maybe you've been in church a long time, but you don't remember that you personally made this decision. Can I encourage you with everything that I have today that you would make this decision right now? You see, one of the great things I love about working with children is that, is that they have simple faith. They understand way more than we give them credit for. They don't have as much pride as we do. Some of us are filled with pride and And wow, to make this decision public that I've never, I can't do that. That's why the kids' hearts are so tender. They don't have all this built-up pride in them that's going to keep them from Jesus. So this morning, whether you've been in church your entire life, whether this is your first time, it's very simple. Will you believe in his name? And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I would encourage you this morning, if you want to place your faith in Jesus and confess your sins, that you would do it right where you're at this morning. You don't have to say what I'm saying. You you, you just have to say it in your own words. It's not you talking to me. It's you talking to God. It's you basically saying what this scripture says. If you believe that Jesus is Messiah, if you believe he's the Son of God, if you believe that he died, that he was buried, that he rose again, you can have life. Well, you may say something like this this morning. God, I I know I'm a sinner. I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus died to take my punishment. I believe that he was buried and that he came back to life. I confess that I need Jesus. Jesus, will you save me? Jesus, will you forgive me? 
Jesus, will you give me life in your name? And as their eyes are closed, I just want to ask, because I want to celebrate with you. We celebrate the kids that made those decisions this week. Would anyone be, uh, have enough courage this morning to say, John, as you prayed that prayer, I place my faith in Jesus. If that's you this morning, would you just put your hand up right now? Everyone's eyes are closed. I'm, I'm the one looking around. Whether you, you've been here for a long time, right? thank you in the, in the stadium there. Just put your hand up. Just put it up for a moment. It's going to take me to look and see everyone's hand or, or to notice. So just put your hand up for a moment. Anyone else? Just put your hand up right where you're at. Anyone else this morning? Thank you. Here's what I want to encourage you to do today. If you prayed that prayer, whether you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, in a moment we're going to stand and we're going to close our service with, a, with an opportunity to worship through music. We're going to have men and women up here at the front that are going to be facing you. If you would like to know, if you'd like to tell someone, if you'd like to have a conversation about that, just walk forward this morning. Shake somebody's hand and say, I gave my life to Jesus. Or maybe you might say, I want to give my life to Jesus. And we would be glad to share with you how to do that. But maybe if that scares you a little bit this morning, there's a card right there in the pew in front of you. Grab that card out in a moment. Fill it out. It has a box there to check. I'd like more information about how to give my life to Jesus. You can place it on your, in the box on your way out this morning. We'll have someone contact you. For the rest of us this morning. Parents, your, your, your kids are in here with you this morning. Could I encourage you to take advantage of the opportunities when they're in here with you? There's no, no powerful tool, tool for your kids to see than you open up your Bible and worship. Maybe this morning it would be that you grab your family and you come down and you pray at the altar and you thank God that your kid has been forgiven and that you have a church that teaches your kids to know and follow Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for grace. We thank you for the, the gospel. Lord, thank you for all these workers who've invested in these students all week to teach them the gospel. Thank you for those who've responded to the gospel. Thank you for the one that has raised their hand this morning that they responded to the gospel right here today. I pray you would give them the courage to talk to someone about it or even to walk down here this morning and tell someone. Lord, for those in here this morning that are still trying to decide, I pray that you would just continually put this on their heart. That even in the next few minutes, they would make a decision to walk forward to talk to someone or make the decision to even sit where they're at and just pray and surrender their life to you to place their faith in Jesus. Lord, we want to worship you before we leave today. We want to celebrate what you've done. It's in the precious and powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Let's worship together this morning.